It is Friday, September 8th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The defending Super Bowl champs go down last night. And week two of college football underway tonight. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Patrick Mahomes, not the same guy without Travis Kelsey. Chiefs fall 21-20 to Detroit. Joe Burrow gets a record $275 million contract extension. And week two of college football gets underway. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Let's start with the NFL season kicking off last night. AJ, the Kansas City Chiefs playing without Travis Kelsey fall to the Lions 21-20, and there's not much, I mean, look, there's a lot to say about this game, but it really all boils down to the Chiefs desperately missed having Travis Kelsey on the field. I mean, obviously, he's a playmaker, but the fact is the drop-off for him to the next best playmaker on offense is massive, and no one else on that team is even good, much like much less really good. Uh you know, we had some discussion about whether it was Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony was going to be looked at as the number one option. I've got news. They both suck. Uh, Kadarius Tony might not be on the team tomorrow uh, with the game that he had. He, he had multiple drops, uh, It was in, including a drop that led to an interception. Mm-hmm. And in, in a game where you lose by one, and seven of the 21 points came on a ball that was literally in both of his hands and turned into seven points for the other team. That's an unacceptable thing. I felt bad for Patrick Mahomes. I didn't see him losing this game, and he didn't play poorly. He, I mean, he did about as well as you could have asked him to. He ran the ball well, 46 rushing yards. Uh, but he just didn't catch any breaks tonight, and he didn't have any help. This team is in trouble, and defensively, there's no doubt that they missed Chris Jones, and this is a, they need they need to get that taken care of as soon as possible because they they are not a championship caliber team without Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. You know, if if first off, if both of them play, it's a completely different game. Even if no Kelsey doubt. just plays, it's a completely different game. And I think if Jones plays, it's a different game because you know with that late in the game situation where Andy Reid decides to go for it on the fourth and 20, which to me, no fourth and 25, fourth and 25. I get it. And look, we can debate it as much as we want, but they were going to have to stop the lions for three plays. Either way you slice it. It was either going to be stop them for three plays deep in their own territory or stop them for three plays in your own positive territory. They had to come up with the stops and they didn't, but with Chris Jones in the middle there, maybe they're able to come up with a stop on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, it's possible. But the fact remains, if they, if they get the stop after punting the ball, then they're forcing a punt. Yes. Yeah. They they basically conceded a a field goal in this situation. And obviously Detroit didn't need it, but there's no analytics that can say it was a good decision to go for it on fourth and 25 with over two minutes and three timeouts left. Like it, you can't make that well, make the sense. Is, the, the, the thing is, if you're making a calculated decision and, and that's what Andy Reid was doing there, when you punt the football, the two minute warning might already happen. Like you, you would need to get lucky there to have them 
field the punt in the eight seconds before the two-minute warning so that you can get the snap off and then save a timeout and have that two-minute warning. The, in all likelihood, the the, the 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 Lions players would just let the ball bounce and roll, and then by the time the Chiefs downed it, the two-minute warning would have already occurred. You still have three timeouts. I understand you, you know, that. And I mean, if they, don't... They, had to, they had to make the stop either way. And remember, they went for it on fourth and 20 and had a false start, one yeah. of probably several that should have been called last mm-hmm. night and weren't. And they finally get called for one that 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 took about five seconds off the clock. So I don't know. It's I think it it didn't end up mattering, but had it ended up mattering, I I don't know how it can be a defensible call. So and and what's baffling even more about it is that earlier in the half, they had a couple of fourth and two opportunities. And instead of going for it on fourth and two, they kicked the field goal. They exactly. Two so at the 21 yard line, they kicked the field goal. And then before that, it was uh fourth and what was it? Fourth and two at the 17. And they took the field goal. So Andy so Reid was conservative. Are you aggressive or not? Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. You got to be and, consistent. And that, that's the frustrating thing. So this, I, I think this was a, a hint of desperation. Like I think Andy Reid was like, man, we don't, nothing's working for us here. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe he knew if they punted the ball, they wouldn't get it back. And, and I, you know, in these situations, if it was fourth and eight, okay, fourth and 25, the odds that you're going to convert that are so slim. Uh, it, it's just, it's a difficult call for me to defend. Uh, either way, I, I, and you know what, we haven't even mentioned the Detroit Lions here, who ob- obviously deserve some credit. This was a solid performance by them, really on both sides of the ball. Uh, Jared Goff was was very efficient. Um, and David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, that combo could be a real problem, uh, for teams. This, they, they, they had a nice little, uh, lightning and thunder combo going and, uh, it, Jameer Gibbs looks great, but David Montgomery looks like he is just, he's, he is a bull, uh, and he, he takes in the, the go ahead touchdown and yeah, the, the lions, now that they've got a little more of a running game than they had a year ago, that could be a really dangerous team. Mm-hmm. And now you look at these both of these teams moving forward. Uh, the Chiefs do have the extended time now because they play here on Thursday. So the extended time before they go to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars, there's no spread out because we don't know about Travis Kelsey's status. Yeah. And uh, they're hoping that he's able to play. He was wearing a compression sleeve on the leg uh, last night. And then as far as the Lions are concerned, you know, you're right. They are an interesting case now. And, and I the the uh the, the win not good for me and my vikings to win the north future because i was kind of hoping that the lions would pick up a loss here but the lions are going to be home against the seahawks and uh depending on what seattle does here on sunday you know detroit could be favored in this game and, and drawing some public interest as well yeah the, and the lions are they i think they're going to be a public favorite going forward That's what i'm saying people i mean people remember them from hard knocks they like the story of this coach uh, there. And the truth is, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan necessarily one way or the other, but it's a fun team to watch. And it, it's a, it, I can see why it's a team that people would get behind. So uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think this is a team that's going to get quite a bit of a, uh, of, of public support going forward this season. Do you think um, the, do you think the chiefs odds to win now the Super Bowl take a massive hit? Or it's just week one. It's a seventeen-week season, and it's you're 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 okay. You're gonna be fine. 
we had this conversation yesterday when we, when we didn't know for sure if Travis Kelsey was going to play or not. The Kansas City Chiefs didn't come into this season saying we've got to win game one. Mm-hmm. This was the this was the Super Bowl for the Detroit Lions. They, they were all in to win this game, no doubt. If this were the real Super Bowl, I think Travis Kelsey's out there. They understood that they've got bigger goals than winning one game in week one. Uh, and they said, let's let's hold Kelsey out. Let's get it. Let's get him right. Make sure that he's right for the long haul, because this team is still a Super Bowl contender, maybe the Super Bowl contender. I, I don't think there's any reason to start even doubting that the Chiefs are legit. I will say, though, if you have a couple more of these slip ups before you get Chris Jones back in the mix, I think there becomes a real concern. And if they don't have home games come playoff time, maybe they're a different team. The Bills, the Bengals, these are teams that are, are already biting at their heels. Uh, it, there's little room for, for the Chiefs to slide right now. All right, before we preview the rest of week one of the NFL schedule, we have to talk about the massive contract signed yesterday by Joe Burrow, uh, a record-setting contract. And we talk about this all the time, AJ, when it comes to contracts for, for NFL players, it's not who you are, it's when you are. And Joe Burrow was the next guy up, and so he gets the record $275 million extension. Yeah, and but Joe Burrow happens to be like very deserving of this. Yes. Like Joe Burrow is yeah. one of those guys that's in that he conversation. Fits, he fits both who and when. Yeah, so it, this was a a, a meeting of uh, of like a, a perfect storm, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, two hundred seventy five million, two hundred nineteen guaranteed, highest paid player in the history of the NFL. That's fifty five million a year. And Joe Burrow, happy, obviously, uh, says he wanted to be in Cincinnati for his entire career. And, um, you know, Justin Herbert just signed one for fifty two and a half million. And that that's now been topped. So you're right. It is. Who's that time? Um, But this is now the second most guaranteed money in NFL history. And like I said, that Deshaun Watson contract, no one's ever going to to match that 100 percent guarantee again. I don't believe. but you think back to 2019 when the Bengals were the worst team in football and what they've become since drafting Joe Burrow. And there is no doubt that if any any one man is responsible for completely changing the fortunes of a franchise in the NFL today, Joe Burrow is the first guy you look at. You know, the mm. Kansas City Chiefs were solid before they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, they're over the top now. But I, I think when you think about what the Bengals were to what we think about the Bengals today – is there a player in the NFL who's had more impact on a franchise than than Joe Burrow? No. And we know his ATS record's incredible. He's a winning quarterback. I got to say, though, if if the calf winds up bothering him again at some point this season, I think now that he got the contract, he's less likely to play through injury. And now I'm not questioning the guy's character or his fortitude or his toughness. I'm just th- saying, you know, there's no reason to now. If he didn't have this contract yet, I think that you would say, hey, I got to show them why I'm worth this money and I got to be on the field every game. Now, if he has, if the cap is lingering, maybe he doesn't play a game where he maybe could have. Maybe, maybe that's right. just me being cynical. And maybe you're right, but Joe, he strikes me as a guy who wants to be out there, wants to make things mm-hmm, happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, again, it's I think at some point you, you are saying, well, if he could have gutted it out, before he got paid, then why couldn't he gut out now? I, sure, I feel sure, like sure. he's the kind of guy who's going to be out there any chance he gets. And, you know, like he said before this game, he was like, I'm not missing a game against Cleveland. It's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. So um, 
I, I think I think Joe's a tough dude, and 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 listen, Joe's very deserving of the money he just got yesterday. Well, let's take a look at the rest of the schedule here for week one of the NFL, excluding Monday Night Football, because we'll preview that game on Monday morning. But the 49ers are at the Steelers. 49ers, two-point favorites, total 41.5, and we know that San Francisco will have Nick Bosa playing for them. Yeah, I wonder how many snaps he's going to play. I can't imagine it's a full workload, but um, I, I, I wanted to go with the Niners here. My thought was, man, that feels like a really short number. Until I started digging into the Mike Tomlin as a dog numbers, and they are outstanding. 53-30-4 ATS, 16-4-3 as a home dog. Yeah. That's that's 80%. Mm-hmm. Uh, 14-9 straight up as a home dog. I just can't get there. I, and the fact that the Steelers were 8-2 and two straight up and ATS when T.J. Watt played last year. Uh, I don't know for sure if the Niners have a quarterback edge in this game. Everything I wanted about the Niners, I just can't get there with it. I'm going to lean to the Steelers. This is a a pure pass for me, but uh, I I think this is going to be one of the more interesting games of the week. Yeah, Steelers are a teaser piece for me, getting them over the three and over the seven. Moving on, the Vikings, six-point favorites over the Bucs. I gave out Minnesota on the Dream Pod earlier this week, and it was a crossfire with RJ, who was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just think that the addition of Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator completely changes the outlook for the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. And I think Baker Mayfield's in for a long afternoon on Sunday. Yeah, I'm nervous about laying a big number with the Vikings because I do, I, I do think they're a New little above Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> slightly <laughs> above average football team. Laying six points feels like a lot, but they do have a good home field. And Todd Bowles, as an underdog, is garbage. 18, 27, and three ATS as a dog. I I can't be on Tampa. I I won't be on Minnesota, though. Ravens, 10-point favorites over the Houston Texans. D'Amico Ryan's debut as a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, this is interesting. And I I looked up the last two seasons when you're an opening day dog of seven points or more. And there's only two of them this year, but there's been three each of the last two seasons. The dogs are one in five ATS. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's enough to make me not want to lay the big number there with the Ravens are without Marlon Humphrey. Lamar Jackson's playing his first game back from a, a real, you know, for some serious injuries. Well, not just that, but Lamar Jackson falls into the system of not playing in the preseason yep. and being in a new offensive system with Todd Munkin. So and, shout out to Clev Tay. It's Clev Ta. I don't know how you pronounce it. Clevta. But he he reached out to us and said, uh, if you do a filter of teams like Lamar Jackson with a new system since 2016, no preseason. Two and nine versus their win total, averaging 17 points per game. And wow. the, the best offensive weapon for the Ravens, Mark Andrews, his status is up in the air now. So who, who knows? I got to be honest. I, in my fantasy draft, I had a chance to take Mark Andrews, and I passed up on him. And then after the the rounds were, you know, the rounds were going, I said, you know what? I, I, re- I probably should have taken Mark Andrews because I started to think about Todd Munkin. And when you go back to his offenses at Georgia, the tight end is the most important part of the offense. Yeah. I think Mark Andrews might have a monster season this year. But he might not even be there week one. Well, that's the thing. But if he's healthy and on the field, I think Mark Andrews is in for a big year because I think that Todd Munkin's offense runs through the tight end. I think the Texans' energy is going to be up early in the season, and then once they start to lose some games, it'll go away. But I think there's a real buzz right now in that city that's not shared nationally. Mm -hmm. I think once they're 0-3, 0-4, maybe then it starts to wipe away. But I think early – 
you're going to see some big efforts. By the way, rookie head coaches, 58% in their first road game since 2002. Yeah, and, and you like that rah-rah, get them up for sure. a thing on the road. Uh, the Jaguars are at the Colts, and Jacksonville laying five points. Uh, I know, AJ, you were on Indianapolis. Yeah, this was one of my favorite plays this week. I'm going to take the home dog here in division. Jacksonville has lost eight of their last nine trips to Indianapolis. Last time they won in Indy, 2017. Mm. And all you've heard all offseason is how great the Jags are. We can say this the other way, too, when Indy goes to Jacksonville later in the year. Exactly. (laughs) But all you've heard all season long is the Jags, they're going to run away with this division. They were a 9-8 and team last year Mm -hmm. that had to win their last five games to get above 500. And this is where I was like, wow, this really threw me. Doug Peterson, they started slow last year. This is a Doug Peterson thing. You look at him in November, or excuse me, September, October, and November, he's 44% ATS in those three months. December on, 62%. Wow. I mean, he's he's a dud early. He's a stud late. So, uh, it, by the way, they're without their two tackles there in Jacksonville. I, I think Richardson, the best time to back him is going to be early when there's no film on him. We saw last year. What was the best game Anthony Richardson played all season? Game one. Game, game one, one against Utah. Uh, and Jacksonville struggled with running QBs last year. Lamar ran for almost 90 yards. Daniel Jones went for over 100 on him. So, I don't love this Colts team. Five at home, too much against a team that just hasn't proven themselves. By the way, I combined two of your guys, both of your guys' analysis. You like the Colts first half, right? Yes. And you like Doug Peterson not in September, October, November. I looked it up. In September, October, November, Doug Peterson is negative in the first half, plus two and a half in the second half. So he's winning straight up margin-wise, losing ATS, and losing, even though he's a favorite, in the first half. So maybe you take the plus three and a half. And that's the stat I gave out on the Dream Pod earlier this week, that Trevor Lawrence is the, wor- the second worst, excuse me. So the coach is bad? S- Trevor Lawrence, the Quarterback's second, bad. second worst quarterback since he was drafted against the first half spread. 14 and 22 ATS in the first half. Do you remember what Trevor Lawrence looked like in the first half of the playoff game last year against the Chargers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looked like he, like... They might as well have handed him a basketball and said, yeah, go, play, picks. Fo- go play football with this. And he's like, what is this thing? Uh, I mean, maybe you're onto something there with that first half look. The Browns hosting the Bengals. Cincinnati, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Cleveland is uh, another one of my favorite uh, teaser pieces. Yeah, I'm with you. I-, I think the Browns are the right side here. I-, I would love to get three, certainly. but I know Brown- I keep talking about my fantasy team, but I took Deshaun in the tenth, Oh, stop in the it. No one cares, tenth, I promise. Tenth round, bro. No one tenth cares. Round? Tenth round, Deshaun Watson. God, kidding four me? people just killed them. Themselves right, right now. Really, literally. Uh, the Bengals were three-point favorites. It's been real. Going into Cleveland last year on Halloween and got absolutely pounded. This Cleveland defensive front is elite, and they sacked Burrow five times in that game, his worst QBR of the season. And it's also the first game of the season. Joe Burrow not only falls into the QBs who didn't play stats, mm-hmm. he falls into the QBs who barely practiced due to injury stats. Yep. And we so, saw it last year with the Steelers. He threw five turnovers. He only had two in any other game last the year. The appendix thing last year, yeah, it's a, it was a bad start. Four of the five Bengals losses came on the road last year. it's dog or pass for sure. I would agree with that. The Saints hosting the Titans. We know that New Orleans will be without Alvin Kamara. They're laying three points. Mike Vrabel, another one of those coaches, stellar like Mike Tomlin, stellar as an underdog. Yeah, Tennessee solid on defense. Uh, As long as the Titans are healthy, they should be solid. Vrabel, 20-19 and straight up in his career as a dog. Uh, 23-15-1 ATS. So, uh, it feels like when they started off great last year, and mm-hmm. then Tannehill got hurt. Things started to fall apart. Tannehill's got a wide receiver again with Hopkins in the fold. I like the Saints overall, 
but a lot of that's about their week schedule. Uh, I think these two teams are very close in power ratings. The win totals would tell you differently because the Saints' win total is much higher because they play in a much easier – they've got a much easier schedule. I think there's some value here getting more than three. The Cardinals at the Commanders, Washington laying seven. This was uh, one of my picks on the Dream Pod. I think the coaching advantage that Washington has over Arizona is massive. I like fading not just rookie head coaches, but rookie coordinators as well. And it's not just about like, oh, it's a new coordinator. These guys have never held these positions before. Arizona has an offensive coordinator that's never been a coordinator, a defensive coordinator that's never been a coordinator, and a head coach that's never been a head coach. It's going to take some time for these guys to adjust to the game flow and what a, a, a game day is like. So I like Washington at home. Sam Howell looked good in the preseason. Josh Dobbs starting for Arizona. Who? Even if Clayton Toon plays in this game and they go with like a two-quarterback system, I don't care. I'll lay it at home with Washington in what will probably be the most popular survivor pick of the oh, week. Oh, certainly. And again, I mentioned the last two seasons, catching seven or more week one, you're five and one ATS. That That's enough to keep me off of this. That and Sam Howell laying seven on opening day just feels absurd. It's going to be a very popular teaser. I'm not sure I can stay away with a total of 38. I think the Commanders win, obviously. Yep. Carolina at Atlanta. Falcons laying three and a half, and I am going to pick on the rookie quarterback. I got some stats for you. I gave this out on the Dream Pod again earlier this week. If you haven't listened to that already, I don't know what you're waiting for. Just go to RJ Bell's Dream Preview and uh, listen to our picks episode. But specifically talking about the number one overall pick in the draft. The last time a number one overall pick in the draft won their first start was David Carr back in 2002. (laughs) In fact, if you go back the last 30 years to Drew Bledsoe in 1993, there have been 11 number one overall picks to start week one of that rookie year. Those quarterbacks are 1-9-1 and straight up. David Carr's win, the only win. Kyler Murray's tie against the Lions in 2019, the only other non-loss. Those 11 quarterbacks, 16 touchdowns and 22 interceptions in those games, a 64 passer rating, and they were sacked 36 times. Yeah. I think it's going to be a long afternoon. Here's the other thing. The number one overall pick, Bryce Young. Desmond Ritter's going to, he's in for growing pains too, just like Bryce Young, but at least Desmond Ritter. If Desmond Ritter's not playing great, you look around that offensive huddle and you see a bunch of playmakers yeah. that can do something. Carolina, if Bryce Young's not playing hero ball, I don't know where they find success. They haven't been able to block for him in the preseason. And then Frank Reich, a slow starter, uh, 0-4-1 straight up, 1-5 or 1-4 ATS in week one games. Or excuse me, 1-3-1 mm-hmm. ATS uh, in, in week one games. And it's the first start for Bryce Young. Adam Thielen banged up. DJ Shark banged up. I don't know how they score in this game. Yeah, I think Atlanta handles this game. Eagles four-point favorites at the Patriots. Jalen Hurts did not play in the preseason, but I don't think it affects him as much because, yes, the coordinator's gone, but Nick Sirianni really runs that offense, plus the new offensive coordinator has been the quarterback's coach. He's been with Jalen Hurts all along. It's kind of like what I say about um, Matt Nagy being in in uh, Kansas City. Or Hackett in New York. Exactly. It's like, all right, well, you know, Biennemi's gone, but Nagy's been the quarterback's coach, and so now he's the offensive coordinator. And, yeah, with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, he's been in Hackett's offense. So I don't think Jalen Hurts has the whole non-playing preseason.
season hiccup. No, I don't either, but I do think that uh, Mac Jones gets a bump because he was playing. I mean, the, the coaching that he had last season, like he had a defensive coach and a special teams coach coaching the <laughs> offense. Bill O'Brien, whatever you think of him, and I, I'm not a big fan, but he's a fantastic coordinator, and he's going to bring that RPO, uh, and that uh, that style of offense attacks you in the middle of your defense, and that's where the Eagles are young. That's where the Eagles had turnover, linebacker, defensive tackle, safety. The guys who have to make decisions on if you're going to keep the ball or, or hand it off, those guys are all brand new to this defense. Defensive coordinator gone, offensive coordinator gone. The Eagles also 2-6-1 and one ATS down the stretch. It feels like they got kind of priced out. Like people said, okay, they're going to win by this many, this many, this many. It got over. It got to be overkill, and I don't think anybody's looking at the Eagles like they're worse than they were a year ago. I, I feel like the, the Eagles are a little expensive here. I, I'll take a stab with the Pats. Dolphins at the Chargers. Chargers laying three. High total of 51, and I think this has the potential to be a shootout. See, I don't because the the char and I think most people do think like you're thinking. The Chargers shut Tua down last year, 219 yards of total offense in that game, and they were without Derwin James, they were without Bryce Callahan, and they were without Sebastian Joseph Day, three of their five best defensive players. They didn't have, and the Dolphins got nothing. I, I think that this is a tough game to move the ball in. I think I, I think that Staley has a good game plan for what Miami does. Uh, I'm not going to play. This number feels pretty right to me. If I see another two and a half, I'm going to play that. Uh, otherwise, I'll sit this out. I just think uh, with this Kellen Moore offense, the Chargers are going to throw the ball down the field more. And so I think that they're going to score. And then Miami's going to have to throw to keep up. And you know they have the weapons. But you know up. what? Last year, Justin Herbert threw for 367 yards. And the game was never even close to going over. The Rams are at the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks minus five and a half. We know Cooper Cup will not play for the Rams in this one. A lot of hype on Seattle in this coming into this season. It's fascinating to me the way that the the circle of life, and it's kind of broken up a little now that Cliff got fired, but it felt like every coach in the NFC West had another coach in that division that they just shit on year in and year out. And if I'm Kyle's was was Cliff, right? Like, did Cliff ever compete with Kyle? Like, or but or I guess Kyle owns McVay. Yeah, Maybe he, that's he won like was. seven straight against McVay. Yeah. That's what it was. And McVay owns Pete Carroll. McVay owns Pete Carroll. Yeah. Eleven and two ATS against the Seahawks since he's become the head coach. Uh, I'm probably going to sit this out because the Cooper Cup thing scares mm -hmm, the hell mm -hmm. out of me. But I, I think McVay is going to come in with a super solid game plan. If you think, like, if you're thinking about using the the Seahawks in your survivor pool, I'd be really cautious about that because I think they're going to come out on fire. I think McVay is remotivated, reinvigorated. Uh, I I think you get a good effort from the Rams. I don't know if I can actually put real dollars on them. But I, I'm certainly not going to back the Seahawks here. Invigorated. That's a mm. good word. Packers are at the like Bears. Uh, Packers one point. Is it dog invigorated? Did I, I think, say it wrong? Yes. No, I think I think both are correct. It's okay, it's a, it's, a, it's a variant. Oh, thank you. The more I think, oh, about you you're telling me, or is the <laughs> Yale English major going to tell me? Thanks, Scott. Me fail English? That's impossible. <laughs> the the more I think about the Packers, I, I, I'm really impressed by Jordan Love, and I think that they're going to be better than than maybe people initially think and it's going to take a couple of weeks but then everyone will adjust and be like oh well i guess the packers are back but i think this roster is solid around jordan love and say what you will but watching aaron Rodgers during hard knocks just tutor zach wilson i gotta believe some of that went on with jordan love and if any bit of aaron Rodgers rubbed off on jordan love the way that 
it seems that he's rubbed off on Zach Wilson, Jordan Love's going to be just fine as a starting quarterback. You yeah. know, Aaron Rodgers is super hard on receivers, right? Well, I don't know if you heard this story, but apparently the receivers would meet with Jordan Love and go over all the game plan, all the hand signals, make sure they had everything right so that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be pissed when, you know, game day. So he has all the experience of how to be really freaking particular with your receivers mm. on each and every play. I think the Packers have the best unit on the field with their defense. Uh, I, the Bears offensive line has not practiced together all offseason. They've had three full days of practice with their O-line together this preseason. They started 10 different combos last season, most in the league. Fields was sacked 55 times. <laughs> That's 15% of his dropbacks. And they've been shuffling guys. Like uh, Cody Whitehair, was, he was going to fill in at center. And then he broke his finger. Now he can't snap the ball, so he's moved back to guard. They're just constantly shuffling. I, I feel like the Packers' defense is good enough to get after them there. And the Packers, this I know you can say this is an Aaron Rodgers stat. I know you can. 22-3 and yeah, their the last Bears. 25 yeah. games against the Bears? Yeah. They've won eight straight against the Bears? Mm -hmm. Well, if you go back to 1993, they've been very consistently better. I think it's more of a franchise on franchise. I think so, domination. too. And the last time the Bears played the Packers within single digits, and it was an eight-point uh, eight Packers win, 2019. Mm -hmm. Every game since 2019 has been a double-digit Packers win, and now we're getting them as a dog. Is Aaron Rodgers worth... Is he worth 10 points to the spread? I do not think so. I, I can't imagine a world where well, he is. Not the way he played last year. No, no. way. And, <laughs> and guess back. what? Yeah. They won by double digits yep. both times. Yep. They ran the ball at will mm -hmm. against the Bears last year. So even if Jordan Love scuffles a little bit, and I know his receivers are banged up for this, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, who knows what their status is going to be. Neither of them practiced yesterday. I, I still think the, the Packers find a way. I think the Packers... The Packers beat the Bears. <laughs> this is some, a tale as old as time. Yeah. Packers beat the Bears, period. Raiders are at the Broncos. Uh, Broncos laying three and a half. Uh, I like the Raiders. Uh, to me, I trust Jimmy Garoppolo more than I trust Russell Wilson right now. And everyone's expecting it to be over bounce back season, comeback player of the year, just because Sean Payton's there. But maybe Russell Wilson has hit a cliff. Maybe he's just not the quarterback that he used to be or the way that defenses play against him, it's different now. And Jimmy Garoppolo as an underdog is an absolute dog. And Mackenzie, you know from his years with the 49ers, all he does is cover as an underdog. So I'm going to back Jimmy Garoppolo uh, on the road here. I think that if there's, you want to talk about the advantage, by the way, Garoppolo, 17-5 and five ATS as an underdog. If you want to talk about the advantage that Denver has at home, well, if there's any head coach that's going to have his team prepared to play in the elements in Denver, it's a guy who was a head coach in Denver yeah. in Josh McDaniels. So I think the Raiders will be just fine. But I think, I mean, it's a division game. I don't think the altitude bothers the Raiders as much as it does most teams. And I talked to McKenzie yesterday before we did the Dream Pod, and I was giving him my kind of, sometimes I'll go up to McKenzie and I'll give him my spiel, and this is kind of my 10-second handicap. How's this sound? I said, Raiders are now 6-0 and against Denver since they moved to Vegas. And he, and he said, you mean the Broncos? Right. No, the Raiders have not lost <laughs> against Denver since they've been in Las Vegas. And, in fact, the last, the, the last six games that they've played in Denver have been decided by six points or less, five out of six of them. One, the one that didn't was a 10-point Raiders win. I, these games, these games are close in Denver. So getting points with the Raiders, it feels good to me. I'm with you, Garoppolo, healthy Garoppolo, and uh, this is kind of like, uh, kind of like the Rams, or kind of like any of these teams that you you feel like are really 
injury crippling, uh, you know, on on the negative side. If Garoppolo gets hurt, I don't want anything to do with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. To week one, he's healthy. This is the time to back the Raiders. And a terrific smile. Uh, Sunday Night Football will be the Cowboys at the Giants. Dallas laying three and a half. And I think the Giants are past for me. I know Dallas has a lot of expectations this season. And Dak Prescott absolutely owns the NFC East, including owning the New York football Giants. But I just think week one, division dog, division home dog, thunderstorms in the forecast for Sunday night in East Rutherford. I could see the Giants muddying this game up, and I know it's not grass, so it's not going to be muddy, muddy physically, but muddy meaning it's going to be an ugly, low-scoring, defensive-type game where the Giants try and control the clock with Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones running the football, keeping it out of Dak Prescott's hands, and that's how Brian Dable plans on winning this game. Yeah, I can see it. I, I, I think Dayball certainly has the coaching edge in this game. I just can't get to playing the Giants because the Cowboys have just been way better yep. than them. They Head to head, it seems like a bad matchup. Uh, the Cowboys beat them last year with Cooper Rush playing quarterback. The two games last year, the Cowboys averaged 172 yards a game on the ground. So even if Dak's off, they're just going to run it down your throat, run it down your throat. I'd like to back the home dog here in division. I just can't get to it. it it'll probably be a pass for me. And Monday Night Football, which we will preview on Monday morning's show, the Jets hosting the Buffalo Bills. Oh, what kind of game is that? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. 
Let's take a look at the college football top 25 schedule for tomorrow. And, yes, we do have a game tonight. And uh, I have a pick on the game tonight. What? A best bet? Yeah, I have a pick on the game tonight. I'm laying the three points with Kansas. The Jayhawks tonight hosting Illinois. It's not a top 25 game. It's a bonus game. They'll be wearing special Black Hawk uniforms, they're called. All black uniforms for the first time, including black helmets. And you know what? Kids get hyped for this kind of stuff. Well, that campus is packed. That stadium's going to be packed. Fans are going to be rowdy there in Lawrence. When they run out onto that field, ooh, those Illinois boys are going to be shaking in their boots. But uh, here's the biggest part of this handicap. It has nothing to do with the jerseys. It's quarterback Jalen Daniels. Daniels was voted by the coaches and the media as the preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. And he is, he did not play in week one. He is playing here tonight against Illinois. So I'm back in Jalen Daniels at home as Lance Leopold gets Kansas to a 2-0 start, beating Illinois and covering the three tonight. The last time... Uh, the, the Texas Longhorns played in a black uniform. They put on black basketball uniforms and played in Madison Square Garden. No, we don't care about basketball uniforms, AJ. Eighty-three fifty-seven. We don't care was. about we don't care about basketball uniforms. Supports your point, though. They killed them. They yeah. got up for that game. No, they, they did not get up for that. Oh, game. they lost. They lost. Yes. Oh, no, we don't care about that. No, no. <laughs> I mean, th- disregard the yeah. new uniform theory, though. Kids get up for these uniforms. They get hyped about it. You see All the right. bird on the helmet. That looks ridiculous. Angry Jayhawk. <laughs> Let's take a look at the top 25 schedule for tomorrow. Number one, Georgia, a 42-point favorite over Ball State. I dare you to take Ball State money line. No, thank you. Uh, number five, Ohio State taking on Youngstown State. And there's no spread on this one. But what's interesting is— They call that the Trestle Bowl. What is going to happen with the Ohio State quarterback situation, AJ? Because I don't think Kyle McCord, even though he was named the starter for week one— I don't think he has this thing locked up. I told you, I think this is going to be a a test run, uh, and they're going to figure this thing out before the Notre Dame game in week four. Uh, I'm sure if McCord's not, I mean, if McCord's not better this week, I I don't think he's, I don't think he starts week three because they're not going to want to go into week four with a new quarterback against Notre Dame. So uh, this is a big game for him. We'll see what he does, but he didn't look very good at all to Mm -hmm. me against Indiana. Yeah, Devin Brown will play in this one. uh, so, So will Kyle McCord, and we'll see what Ryan Day decides to do as they move forward. Number seven, Penn State hosting Delaware. No spread there. Number 10, Notre Dame is at NC State. The Irish laying seven and a half. And Sam Hartman's looked great so far for Notre Dame. This offense has looked great. The defense has looked great. They have allowed six points. Into, yeah. I know they played Tennessee State and Navy. <laughs> That's the thing. But they have allowed two field goals. That's it. Yeah. I mean, when you play the school for the blind, that, it's, uh, that's got to give your defense confidence. Well, sure. Yeah. But this is the NC state's a much better team. And, and, but here's why I like Notre Dame and I'm not afraid to lay the points on the road. The strength of NC state will be the running ability of Brennan Armstrong and Notre Dame in week one was able to limit a Navy offense that is built around the running quarterback. I know it's not a triple option, but these players are disciplined enough that they can stay in their lanes and attack a run. Running quarterback. Navy attempted one pass in the game. Yeah, it's a lot easier to stop a running quarterback when, when you know, know he can't throw the time. ball. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, there's a world of difference here. And and Brennan Armstrong, we've seen, we saw last year, he can chuck the ball around. Mm-hmm. Very inconsistent. It's dog you or like pass NC for State? me. Okay. Yeah, All dog right. or pass. Number twelve, Utah at Baylor. The Utes laying eight points. I, I like Utah here. Uh, I, I think 
I think Cam Rising is still doubtful to play. I, they don't need him. I don't expect him to play. But even if we don't, here's what I do know. Blake Shapin's not playing for Baylor. So both teams are now without their starting quarterback. The drop-off from Shapin to Sawyer-Robertson against Texas State was serious. Meanwhile, the drop-off to Barnes for Utah was not. He looked pretty good. Yep. Dave Aranda is supposed to be some kind of defensive guru, and they give up 42 to a Texas State team that has a whole new roster, mm-hmm. a brand-new head coach. I, I think Utah could bust them up here. I, I like Utah a lot here. Uh, number 15, Kansas State hosting Troy. Kansas State laying 16-and-a-half. Um I think Troy might be a sneaky play here. Troy is very live here. And Troy is one of the best teams in college football in, in G5, and they never get talked about. They've got a 12-game winning streak going back to last year. They won the Sol- the Sun Belt. They beat UTSA in the Cure Bowl. That's the second longest streak in the country behind Georgia at 18. Troy lost last year 28-10 to at Ole Miss but they covered a 21-and-a-half-point spread. Mm-hmm. And Kansas State has struggled in these games, these bye games before. They lost outright to Arkansas State 2020. Lost outright last year to Tulane. This was before Tulane was anything. They, they, they beat Kansas State. Troy is better on defense than they showed last week. And, and last year, this, this was a 240-yard-per-game defense. This is a solid defense. I've got this game power rated way off the number. I'm going to be heavily invested in the Trojans here. Nebraska at number 22, Colorado. Big noon kickoff will be there for Fox. Colorado, a three-point favorite. We have talked about this game ad nauseum. For more information on this game, head over to RJ Bell's Dream Preview and download this week's College Football Podcast. We published it on Tuesday night of this week or Wednesday morning, and we spoke a lot about Colorado and Nebraska. We've had arguments back back and forth about the overreaction, the change in the point spread. The bottom line, Colorado is now the number 22 ranked team in the nation, and they are three-point favorites at home against Nebraska. Yeah, you like Colorado here I still? Do. Uh, I want nothing to do with this game, so I think, I, I'm going to learn from this game. I've said this before. This is the most important game of Colorado season. But, again, you said because then if they lose this game, it erases last, week everything. Was, last week was a fluke. Yep, it erases everything. When you have a three-and-a-half win total to start the season and you win game one in a game you shouldn't have won, more times than not, it's a fluke. Mm-hmm. So it should be a fluke. Well, you will see more on this game, again, on the College Football Podcast on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview Podcast feed. Number 25, Clemson looking to bounce back from their upset at Duke. They will host Charleston Southern. UNLV is I think at, they'll win. Yeah, I think so. UNLV is at number two, Michigan. Michigan laying 37, and they didn't cover in week one. But I think it'll be a different story here in week two because – their offensive coordinators back. Yeah, and and they dominated last week despite not covering. They dominated statistically despite Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards not running the ball well, which is typically what you'd count on Michigan to do is run the ball well. 31 carries, 122 yards. Meanwhile, UNLV dominated on the scoreboard against Bryant. Their stats were the same. Mm-hmm. Bryant, an FCS school, they both put up 409 yards of offense. Bryant actually had one more first down than UNLV. Uh, 
I, I think Michigan makes a statement here. They only put up 30 last week. I think they look to to just hammer this UNLV team. Number 20, Ole Miss at number 24, Tulane. And Ole Miss laying 7.5 on the road. Number feels about right. Uh, I, I, I was wrong about Tulane last week. I thought South Alabama would be better, mm-hmm. closer with them. They just weren't. Um, it, Michael Pratt was amazing. and But you're going to have to you're gonna have to put up a lot of points against this Ole Miss team because they, yep. are, they are going. Mercer is a good FCS team. Mm-hmm. And Ole Miss beat them 73-7. to Yeah. They will not take off the gas. They will go, go, go. Uh, I, I think this is a good over spot. One of the things I didn't like about Tulane coming into this season was all the turnover on defense. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to have a hard time against this uh, Tulane or against this uh, Ole Miss offense. But I, m- maybe Ole Miss can put up more than I thought. So uh, an over here, it's it's a big number, a 65. But I, I think this could be a high-scoring game. Number 23, Texas A&M at Miami. Texas A&M laying four. The total's at 51, and I don't know why it's so low because I think this game is going to be a shootout. I, I think people didn't watch Texas A&M play last week. That's possible. Uh, this is a completely different offense. Yeah, this Bob. Bobby Petrino is this is a different thing. This is now you've got a program that's gotten top 10 talent over the last three, four years. Now suddenly aren't playing dinosaur football on offense and they looked incredible. They were scoring every drive. Uh, I I think they're going to put up big numbers again. I, I like I like the over here. Tulsa eight at number eight, Washington, Washington laying 34. And I've said it on the college football pod. I'll repeat myself here. I'm just going to play Michael Penix player props every week of the season. Uh, I had him over 306 passing yards in week one. He threw for 450 yards. I had him over two and a half touchdowns. He threw for five. Uh, I just think Washington's going to score a ton of points. Michael Penix, my 16 to one Heisman ticket is down to eight to one. So we call that closing line value. Although even though the line's not closed, it's just, it's an open line value. Uh, if that's a term. <laughs> value. Uh, yeah, it's value. Much. But I'm just going to keep playing Penix props all season long. Yeah, I don't like this Tulsa defense, uh, and obviously the Washington offense is amazing. I, I think Washington can name their number. Uh, over 64 is, again, an- another number. I-, I just can't I can't pass it up. Number 9, Tennessee hosting Austin P. Number 17, North Carolina hosting Appalachian State. The Tar Heels laying 18. This is not the same App State team that we saw last year in that back-and-forth shootout. Yeah, 63-61 North Carolina win last year. Nine touchdowns got scored in the fourth quarter of that game. I'm going to three say touchdowns in the last 31 not seconds. Happen this year. You think? Not going to happen. But guess what? I'm still going to play an over over 58 mm-hmm. uh, in a game that scored 124 last year and wasn't in overtime. Uh, yeah, give me over 58. Number 18, Oklahoma hosting SMU. The Sooners laying 15 and a half, and I thought Oklahoma looked great last week on offense. Oklahoma looks incredible. Defensively, they are way better than they were a sure. year ago. Uh, SMU is going to be a different test than Arkansas State. Arkansas State stinks, um, but SMU and SMU solid. But I think this is an over game, and until I'm wrong about them, I'm, I'm going to trust Oklahoma. I'd probably lay it here with the Sooners. Number 21, Duke hosting Lafayette. The game of the week, number 11, Texas at number three, Alabama. Alabama laying seven, total of 54. Texas started slow last week, but picked it up in the second half, um, and defensively they were dominant. Alabama's obviously a different beast. Mm-hmm. Um, Saban is now 28-2 and two against former assistants. Yep. One of those came last year against Texas in a 20 to 19 Alabama win. Sark was that close. Mm-hmm. So he's 28 and 2 ATS? No, 28 and 2 straight up. 
Okay, so one of the 28 was last year. Yeah, one of the 28 was last year. Uh, I'm a Texas believer, and I still think Alabama's great, but I don't think they're as unstoppable as they've been in the past. I think Texas hangs within this number. I I think this is another down-to-the-wire game. I can see it happening. Uh, More on this game on the College Football Podcast as well. Number 13, Oregon at Texas Tech. The Ducks laying six and a half. And for a team that scored 81 points in their season opening game, six and a half seems low. Yeah, this is a trap. Uh, Oregon put up 81 Texas Tech lost to Wyoming mm-hmm. outright after getting after putting up a 17 nothing lead. They lost the game. Um, I, I don't know what to think of the Ducks right now. Uh, if 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 no games had been played last week and this number was six and a half, you'd hammer Oregon. I I, I think I I don't think I would have. I think I oh, would have really? I would have felt good about Texas Tech. Wow. Now at six and a half, it feels like it's too good to be true. So I, I'm staying away here. Number 14, LSU hosts Grambling. Number 19, Wisconsin is at Washington State. Wisconsin laying six on the road. I was so wrong about Washington State last week. They absolutely housed Colorado State. Um, Wisconsin is, they they ran the ball at will last week, finished with 314 rushing yards. Mm -hmm. Tanner Mordecai is okay. Uh, he, they're trying to do an air raid with him. I don't know how long it's going to take to work, but they can they can always run the ball. I, I kind of I'm tempted to play the home dog here, but I, I'll I, I think I'm probably going to sit out. Number four, Florida State hosting Southern Miss. The Seminoles laying 31. Is this a trap game or a letdown game after the big win? In Southern, week one, Southern Miss just doesn't have the bodies to match up with these receivers. Like if if LSU DBU was getting torched by this wide receiving group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they got guys who are 6'7 out there running. Like, I don't know how Southern Miss even hangs. Um, and that was the other part. LSU didn't get Jordan Travis dirty. They could not yeah. touch the quarterback. And if Southern Miss doesn't get any pressure, Florida State can call their number here. So I it, it's I, I would either – I don't know if I want to lay this kind of number because you're right, they've got conference starting up next week. They just played a big game on national television, LSU – but I, there's no way I'm taking 31 points here. Number 16, Oregon State hosts UC Davis. And number 6, USC hosting Stanford. USC laying 29. I like taking the points here with the dog in Stanford. I do too. What's the current total? 69 and a half. The entire market was against Stanford going out to the island, and they throttled Hawaii. The offense is going to be solid. Their tempo is strong. Mm-hmm. Of course, guess what? So is USC's. Yeah. Both these teams have weak defenses. USC held up last week against Nevada. Stanford's going to be able to hang some points up here. I, I lean to them at this number. This The total, though, is one of my favorites. I, I know it's a high number, 69 and a half. I, I mean, USC might score 70 by themselves, <laughs> but I, I think Stanford puts up a good 20-something points here. Well, one thing that we said was going to happen yesterday happened, AJ, and one thing uh, didn't. The first thing was the Braves won. They snapped their (laughs) losing streak. Not only do they win, their team total goes over, and they cover the run line. Adam Wainwright, poor fella. Uh, Braves win 8-5 over the Cardinals. And the other thing we said would happen but didn't, the Yankees did not continue their winning streak. Eduardo. Yes, your boy. Him and the Tigers win 10-3, snapping the Yankees' five-game winning streak. Let's set the schedule for what we have coming up today. We have your afternoon day game at Wrigley. Jamison Tyone starting against Zach Gowan and the Diamondbacks. Arizona, a minus-115 favorite on the road with Gowan on the mound. And I know it – oh, let me me add on this one. Yeah. Three, two, one. And I know last time it didn't work out with uh, with fading Jameson a, a, on the uh, on the day games, but is that something you go back to here? Yes, I would go back to it. I don't think he does I mean, it twice in a row. 
yeah, it's been statistically profitable. So just because it failed one one time doesn't mean you go away from it altogether. Uh, I think Arizona might be a little short here at minus 115. The White Sox are at the Tigers. Mike Clevenger goes for Chicago. Reese Olsen for Detroit. Tigers minus 130. Mariners at the Rays. George Kirby for Seattle. Taj Bradley goes for Tampa. This is an even spread. Cardinals at the Reds with Andrew Abbott on the mound for Cincinnati. They're minus 130 favorites. Drew Rahm getting the start for the Cardinals. Dodgers at the Nationals. Emmett Sheehan going for the Dodgers. Mackenzie Gore for Washington. LA's minus 160. Marlins at the Phillies. Yuri Perez for Miami. Christopher Sanchez for Philadelphia. Phillies minus 145. Yankees hosting the Brewers with Luis Severino on the mound. Colin Ray goes for Milwaukee. Yankees minus 125. That's interesting. Yeah, you uh, like, do you like the Yankees there as a favorite with Severino on the hill? No, but the, the line is intriguing to me. Okay. That yeah, it's a very interesting spread there. You say Kikuchi going to go for the Blue Jays, who are minus two forty favorites over the Royals. Orioles at the Red Sox. Kyle Bradish for Baltimore. Tanner Houck for Boston. Baltimore's minus one twenty on the road. Pirates at the Braves. Atlanta minus two ten with Bryce Selder on the mound. Mitch Keller goes for Pittsburgh. The A's are at the Rangers. Jordan Montgomery for Texas. Paul Blackburn for Oakland. Mets at the Twins. Kode Senga, who's had a really nice season this year. You know, he's not going to win the Rookie of the Year in the National League. He's not going to win the Cy Young, but ten and seven with a three. 0.08, probably the only move the Mets made right this season, uh, signing Kode Senga. Dallas Keuchel goes for the Twins. Mets are minus 120. Pirate, uh, Padres at the Astros. Houston's minus 130. Hunter Brown against Blake Snell. So this is interesting. Houston's been red hot. They're scoring a ton of runs, but they face Blake Snell, Cy Young favorite. I think I'm going to go with the uh, the DraftKings dog of the day here, and I think I'm going to back the Padres in this spot. Hunter Brown's been solid but he hasn't been Blake Snell. So I, I think I think Blake Snell slows down the momentum of the Houston Astros. All right, your DraftKings dog of the day, the San Diego Padres for A.J. Hoffman. Angels hosting the Guardians. Cleveland's minus 135 with Logan Allen on the mound. Griffin Cannon goes for the Angels and the Rockies at the Giants. Uh, Ty Blotch for the Rockies. Giants minus 210, and they will throw Kyle Harrison. The FIBA World Cup semifinals are today. Canada and Serbia are playing, and Germany, the United States, is the big game that we will focus on. Mackenzie, this one, uh, 8.40 Eastern time this morning is when uh, that is scheduled to tip off between the U.S. and Germany. What's the spread, and what's your take on this game? It's 10 and a half, which if you look at the, if you transpose from their other games, it's about right. The total is 178 and a half. And I think there's value here on the under. So Germany just barely beat Latvia, 81-79. Their best player, Dennis Schroeder, shot four for 26. I just said on our last show that I like guys that are keep shooting, keep playing the same game. Four for 26 is a bridge too far, perhaps. I think they got to reevaluate that offense. There really isn't a lot of other guys they can go to. So I think they're going to play a very slow, methodical game to try to get the USA in a half-court situation. The exact same situations with the USA. They won. But they won on defense. They held Italy to 63 points. So their offense, even though they scored 100 points, I'm not exactly sure they know where they're going to go if Anthony Edwards is still shooting one for six. I think there's a lot of point factors pointing to the under in this game. But I just want to see the USA get across that finish line so I can win my bet against Fez. Total is 179. And then they'll take on the winner of Canada and Serbia. And the United States is the favorite to win the tournament at minus 165. All right, UFC 293 coming up this weekend. Let me give you the latest odds on the main event. I'll give you a quick breakdown on that and give you a best bet for the card. But I'm going to I'm gonna tell you, Israel Adesanya, minus 675 in That's the main lot. event. 
comeback on Sean Strickland is plus 490 at DraftKings. That is a massive line. Now, anytime I see a title fight and there's a five to one dog, I'm instantly thinking, okay, what's the path to success here for the dog? And I don't know that I can find one. I tried to find but one. But this is the thing, and, though. You know what these fights, AJ, all it takes is one shot. You're right, but the truth is Sean Strickland isn't a one-shot power kind of guy. He is a guy mm. who builds, he puts a lot of pressure on you, and he's got he's to lay a bunch of volume for him to have success. And the problem is when you press Israel Adesanya, that's when he's at his best. That's what he does best is t- take advantage of the mistakes you make when you're pressing forward. Adesanya has fight-ending power. I'm going to avoid the minus 675. And I'm going to go Adesanya in the distance. Inside the distance at DraftKings is minus 105. So I like that. But for my best bet for this card, I'm going to go to the main prelim, the uh, the featured prelim, Carlos Olberg, uh, taking on Dawoon Jung. I'm going to go Carlos Olberg by KO, TKO, or disqualification at minus 130. And his first couple fights in the UFC, he didn't look like the dynamic guy he was on film. But he's turned that around. His last three fights have seen him use his range, his power, and his incredible accuracy. He's put away three fighters in a row in the first round who are typically really durable guys. Uh, Dawun Jung started out hot, won his first five fights in the UFC, but his approach just isn't sustainable at this level. He's very defensively flawed. He wants to count on his chin to get him through wars. That didn't hold up against Dustin Jacoby, who, like Carlos Olberg, is a former pro kickboxer. If you aren't technically sound defensively or you're not an elite wrestler, hanging with Olberg is too tall a task. And Dawoon mm. Jung is neither one of those things. I don't see how he holds up for 15 minutes with Olberg throwing some nasty heat. So I'm going to go Carlos Olberg by KO, TKO, or DQ minus 130 for my best bet at UFC 293. If you want AJ's full UFC card, you can head to pregame.com and I'm, I'm going to give you guys a secret. You can get it for free. What? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Here's what you have to do. AJ, don't listen to this. Okay. Go to pre- yeah, I worked com. hard on this thing this week. I watched Shh. a lot of film. AJ, AJ, I, this is this is between me and the audience. Okay? okay. Me and the listeners. Guys, listen and listen closely. Go to pregame.com. Go buy AJ's UFC package. And then use the promo code BILLS25. B-I-L-L-S-25. When you use that code to check out, you're going to get free $25. So AJ's card's $25. Bill's $25 is going to give you $25. You get his UFC card for free. Don't tell him I said this. Just go ahead and do it at pregame.com. But you don't have to use it on the UFC if you want to get a college football best bet. You want to get uh, an NFL best bet. $25 in your pocket. For a, to spend at pregame.com if you use the promo code BILLS25. It's for you, the loyal listeners of Straight Out of Vegas AM, because you guys make what we do all worth it. All right, AJ, you can come back now. Hey, Scott, you what's there? going on? Hey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I just had a talk with the audience. That's it. Just me and the listeners. You know, just that's it. Just hanging out. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I was just, you know, telling them about pregame and stuff. And the like super contest is still going on. So they can go to pregame.com, click on contests, enter the like super contest. You know, the winner of last year's like super contest is in the current Westgate super contest this year. He chose that as his winning prize. So that's he's a got bad. a chance. Yeah, he's got a chance he- to win some serious bucks. And he's in town uh, for week one, watching the games yeah. here in Vegas. Awesome. Love it. Awesome. 
and that could be you next year. So go to pregame.com, click on contest, enter the like super contest, and remember what I said about AJ and getting it for free. I'm what? Scott Sadler. He's AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas AM.